myself and other people can monetize with someone else wanting us to be a part of this. Just like, you know, you have people playing this game called Roblox. You go in there and you pay and you pay to go up levels. You go to put in clothes so you can be something, something else. Welcome to another episode of Within the Game. My name is Aaron Wexler, and I want to thank you, the listener, for listening to this podcast and please like subscribe and share when you feel like someone else could benefit from it today i'm here with the one and only kenny lofton kenny thank you so much for being here brother oh thank you for having me man it's 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 good to be a part of what you're doing and i'm inspired about what you're doing so that's cool you can can um can try to inspire people inspire people to to, to figure out their dreams and you know and go from there so that's awesome yeah, man, that's the whole idea of this podcast. So I really appreciate you being a part of it. Kenny, you are a legendary MLB player. <laughs> Sorry, you're a legendary Major League Baseball player in a 17-year successful career. You're a six-time All-Star, four-time Gold Glove winner, two World Series appearances, and at retirement, you were ranked 15th among all-time stolen base leaders with 622 you recently launched an NFT platform called Centerblock, a digital asset management company that includes an NFT marketplace called ProxyMe. Kenny, again, thanks for being here and let's get right into it. What does inspired living mean to you? I mean, for me, the word inspire is, is almost, you know, the word inspiration. What in, what's the inspiration that keeps you moving, keeps you going forward? You know, I think there's a just a drive of, of having success, you know, and be able to inspire other people to to understand here. I can be successful from where I come from and how I grew up, I mean, you know, and just to show other people. I just say other people from the hood, from the from the from the way down the way that, hey, I'm, I'm trying to inspire other people to move forward and try to do to take their God given gift or whatever that is that's put in front of you we all have it so the inspiration for me to show people that you can come from whatever background you can come from and be able to inspire others you know inspire others to yeah. to try to be successful it's all about being successful having goals and trying to reach those goals and and move forward yes i love that you know you've inspired me over the years before we became friends um just watching you play <laughs> man like and just the way you approach the game, right? And this, the whole idea of this podcast and my project is like within the game. So within the game or whatever we're doing, there are so many different learning lessons and so many different um, things that can inspire us and we can inspire others, you know? But like I said, the way you played, uh, I want you to talk about the way you played because you played with intensity, you played with focus, you played with speed, right? And um, yeah, just talk about the way you played, man. Um, I just, again, I just played with the game with passion, you know, yeah. passion is something that I had for it. I loved the game. It was a, it was seemed like for me when I played, I was a kid in a candy store, you know, going out there, just having fun, enjoying it and trying to be the best at it. And I just felt like if I'm going to go out there and do something, I'm going to try to be the best. I'm going to try to, you know, take my talents or whatever that God gave me and make the best of it. And speed was that. So I tried to find a try to find a way that can um, use what I had, you know, to try to, you know, inspire other people. But again, the 
passion of winning and going out there and doing my best and just going out there giving my all is something that I look forward to every day to try to better myself every single day when I go out in that field. And it was just, it was just fun. And I'm, I'm a competitor. I, I don't right. like to lose, but I, I, I learned from losing. I learned from understanding that it's almost like I was always taught you fall off a horse, you get right back on, yeah. you know? So I just <laughs> felt like if it didn't work today, it's going to work tomorrow. And I just told myself every day, I'm trying to learn something every day that's going to help me down the road. I love it, man. You know, baseball was my first sport, man. So like, I looked up to you so much, man. I was a shortstop. I know you played center field, but you know, they're just, I, I just love the way you approach the game and just that intense look you always had in your eye. Like, and let's get into that just a little bit before we get into some NFT stuff. Um, I want to talk to you about your mindset as a, as a leadoff hitter, you know, you, you were like one of the best in the history of the game at working the count. Right. Like you, you talk about that a little bit. Talk about your mindset as a leadoff hitter. Well, being a leadoff hitter, a lot of people don't do it in, this, in, the, in, the, in the game today because they're they're thinking about themselves. I was thinking about the team first, you know, and for me to think team first, you know, they always say there is a there isn't an I in team, but there is an I in team. You know, if I do my job, it's going to help the team. So I feel like you incorporate that that letter I in the team because that will help the team. And for me being a leadoff hitter to taking pitches and trying to do that to, to, to better the team. You know, you got guys behind you. And I felt like if I can take as many pitches as I can to help wear, wear down that pitcher. So when the, when the guys behind me come up, you know, in maybe the second, third or fourth, fifth inning, the pitcher kind of wore himself out because he threw so many pitches against me mm -hmm. and the opportunity for him to, to throw that curveball where he didn't expect to throw it because he was kind of getting, you know, a little tired. And when you get a little tired, you don't throw the ball at exactly what he wanted to throw it. So, and there was a time where um, when you do that, you know, you can, what they call, you can throw that hanging curveball to the batter behind me and next, you know, he had a home run. So I just felt like it was a, it was a niche. It was a neck, something that I did. And a lot of people, didn't want to be a leadoff hitter because you had to be a leader. You had to almost, uh, how can I say, you can almost, you can, you had, you had, you had to, you had to set the, you know, you had to set the tone for the game yeah. and you had to set that. And that's something that I enjoyed. I enjoyed being a leader and having people follow me because I know I tried to do things the right way. So. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about your mindset as a uh, as a base runner because you're like a legend in in stolen bases, right? Like you, that's what you do, right? You get on base and you're going to take a big lead off, and I'm going to take I'm going to steal this base, right? Like that's that that was your mindset, right? Like, yeah, I mean, again, I just my mindset was just trying to distract the pitcher. And anytime you distract the pitcher, anyway, again, just like me taking as many pitches because he gets tired, he can hang that curveball. Just like he's distracted on me and not focusing on the target he's trying to hit with that hitter behind me, you know, the opportunity for him to, again, throw another hanger or not focus exactly what he needs to do on that hitter because he's worried about me in first base. He keeps picking over there, looking at me, and all of a sudden he can rush a pitch or do something next thing you know. You know, Albert Bell, the guy behind me, or Charles Barrega hit a home run because it was, you know, because of what he did. Who's the toughest pitcher slash catcher to steal a base from 
I mean, you had a, you know, you had, I mean, I can always say the toughest pitcher. Everyone has their, you know, their thing against certain people. But mm-hmm. for me, Al Leiter was a, was a pitcher who was, for me, a lefty throwing a 94-mile-hour cutter and a 94-mile-hour mile, mile sinker. It was two because you didn't know what to do. You usually, with a hitter, a pitcher, you go up there and you prepare. He's going to be throwing the balls a lot in. He's going to throw it a lot away. And you kind of have an idea. But for him, for me, it was a little bit, you know, tough for me to, figure that out because he did have two good pitches, one pitch that can cut both ways. You know, the catcher, you got to look at two people for me. It was, you know, in that area was Charles Johnson and Pudge Rodriguez. Those two guys, you know, were, you know, even though um, Charles was in the National League, Pudge was in the American League, but those were two catchers that you had to, you had to be on your game. If you're going to try to steal bases off those guys, you got to, you had to be on your game to where they're going to come up strong and make that nice little throw and uh but again i can say with pudge i'll have have battles with pudge not as much with charles as much but with pudge he and i had battles and he was one of the best catchers and let's talk about speed for a second because that's one of your main things right it's one of your main strengths and what everybody knows kenny lofton is like one of the quickest players to ever play how does someone increase their speed Again, you know, when, when you look at speed, you got to look at your, your footwork. You got to have work on certain ways to get your feet, you know, your feet moving. You know, it's almost like in track and field when people understand track and field, you know, when they ran, the faster they ran is the, it's the least amount of time that their feet hit the ground. So, and yeah. that's, the you know, the long, because again, some people can gallop and, you know, this time to where their feet hitting the ground and all that time your feet hitting the ground, but the faster you go, your feet kind of barely touching the ground. And that's where the speed comes from where the least amount of times you're, you're, you're there. I'll just say, because there's a, the split second of where you're, you're landing and you're coming off that land. And I think a lot of people got to understand the quicker you can put that foot down and put it back up. It's called, it's called turnover ratio. You can work on your turnover, turnover ratio, you'll pick up your speed, but it's all about footwork and practicing on just moving your feet, getting it down and back up. I love it. Um, I want to ask you about the flow because I've heard you talk about it before. The the zone, right? Like being in the zone, even like as a hitter, even in the outfield, right? Just yeah. like tuning out the crowd, you know, and just locking in on the situation. How do you stay in the zone? How do you get in the zone? And is it something you can practice? Um, you can't. You can't really practice being in the zone. It's just something that some people can and some people can't. I know some guys played the game a long time and they still didn't have that zone you know it's one of those things that only certain people can get in that zone and that focus and for me I felt like when you when I got to the plate and I'll stand there at the plate and I'm you know next thing I know the pitcher is there and you hear the crowd going crazy and you step in there and next thing I know it becomes for me it becomes silent mm. it's kind of weird how you get there and right, right before the pitcher get ready to throw I hear nothing it's kind of crazy. And if I get into that point, that means I'm in the zone. I can't hear nothing. You go in the outfield, you feel like you can just catch any ball out there. I can't say being in the zone in the outfield is not as easy as being, you know, at the plate because at the plate, the guy is, you know, 60 feet, six and whatever, whatever, 60 feet, six inches or whatever, right there in front of you. So that split second of you got to focus was right there in the outfield. I'm all the way in the outfield. So the opportunity for me to just kind of, 
um, just kind of let that time period because the ball takes a long time before you have to really focus in. But with uh, at the plate, you have to focus. And again, it's one of those things where you get there and it's like, it doesn't matter who's out there pitching, what kind of pitch he's throwing when you're in the zone and you like, you feel like everything for yourself, you got it right. You got your, um, your, 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 what I'll say, your hitting path going and all of that. It don't matter what he's doing. You got your timing, you get your foot down, you do all that kind of stuff. Once you have all of that, and once the pitcher throw is, you know what, to be honest, when you're in the zone, when the guy throws the ball, goodbye can throw the ball 95 miles an hour, right? When you're in the zone, it looked like it's coming in slow motion. Right. That's right. the crazy thing when you're in the zone. Everything slows down. Man. And when you get out of the zone, is there a, like a certain trick or a certain technique that can, allows you to get back in? No, you can't just, it's, I don't know, just, it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard to explain when you get in the zone. It's like when you get that feeling, you feel it's just, you're just there. Mm. You can't say, I'm just going to get in the zone today. No, that's not how it works. It's just something that pops up on you. It's just almost like you're sitting there and you're daydreaming on something that's, that's out there. And that's what the zone is. It's like you put some, somehow something puts you in that daydream zone where everything is slow motion. You can't just say, I'm just going to do it because it's not that easy and it's not. And how has your experience as a high level professional athlete helped you to find the zone as an entrepreneur? Well, again, being an entrepreneur, it's, it's not as, as easy because you're dealing with other people. Right. You know, it's like when you're on the bait pass, you know, and I, again, you a team, but again, you can only do your part as an entrepreneur. You can only do your part. And I was up to them to do their part to help with this entrepreneurship and the team. And I think that's where a lot of people get into where you can have um, a situation where you can have a great team and everything comes together. And again, like in, like in, in the sports, you win, you right. do things good, you make money, you do this, do that. Again, because everybody has done their part. I always say if everybody do their part as a, as a, as a team, you have a good chance to win. You know, it's like when I play, you know, I play them with, with the Giants and, you know, I play with Barry Bonds and Jeff Kent. You know, I, all, they, all, all I had to do was get on base. Now you had Jeff Kent and Barry Bonds behind me, that opportunity for, for us to score some runs because each person had to do their job. You know, and I think that's where in entrepreneurship is the same way. Everybody does their job because, again, it's a success. You success, you succeed as a team. You don't succeed as an individual. Someone else has to be involved. And that's where I've learned that. And I've learned opportunities where I felt like I'd done my job and they didn't do their job and it fails. Mm. You know, so it's just like when I was doing the films and stuff, they'll tell you, go out there and get your film made and do this and bring this back to us. And then you go to them and they say, oh, sorry, we're going a different direction. So right. it's like, wow. You know, and that's tough for me to see that. And I saw that in in business a lot they tell you go out there do your job then they go in a different direction i mean if they tell me kenny if you go out and hit this amount or you do this you're going to be the starter you go out just do this you're going to be an all-star so i did all of that and it worked out so right. now i come into the business world having a company they say kenny we need this and we need that so for me i'm going to get it done i'm going to do a b and c like you told me then i bet go back and present it to you and now it's like uh uh uh, uh you know i don't like that Right. And that's the tough part for me is that I'm going to 
well, you tell me to do something, I'm gonna do it, go out and do it and get it done. So now it's up to you. Once I present it to you, now we, you know, we go ahead and make those moves. But some people right now, what I've learned is that sometimes they'll just, it's almost like they'll almost rug pull you or whatever. They'll tell you this and that and you get it done. You know, suddenly, ah, I'm like, dude, what am I supposed to do? Well, we need this done now. We need this done. You didn't tell me that before. Right. But, you know, but again, that's the way the business and you live and you learn. And I've learned that about, you know, being an entrepreneur. It's not just you getting it done for you to succeed. Right. It's like uh, team challenges. Right. And, and I go through that, too, as an entrepreneur. Um, I want to shift this conversation into the NFT platform that you're you're building and let's start with the building on the whole idea of inspiration right what inspired you to enter the nft space well i guess you know what's inspired me i had you know i was doing dealing with the crypto because it is part of the cryptocurrency and dealing with that and doing with that for a few years and then the word nft came out right you know non-fungible tokens and it basically gave you an opportunity to go from almost like physical attributes or assets to digital assets. Right. So it's almost like it's the same thing. You have a a physical asset and then you turn around and you have a digital asset. It's the same way. So basically the NFT market is the non-fungible token. What's, what's fungible about it is that, you know, you can have something that you can see if it's in front of you, non-fungible is something you can, you know, grab a hold to. So again, it's, it's more so it's, is something that um, it's more about the digital part of it that people don't, because again, this world's going all digital. Mm-hmm. So you have an opportunity, you can do everything with your phone, you can do everything, whatever, instead of just say using a baseball card, instead of you having that baseball card, you can take around you and say, oh yeah, I got this Babe Ruth card, walk around and show people. It's the same thing. So now you can have that Babe Ruth card but now it's digital form. And now with the NFT, the value of that, you almost can create your own value to something. That's the good thing about that. You can create your, and, and what inspired me to do this is that for me to start this company, you know, we started a company to, to help guys. For me, I just felt like the opportunity for myself and other guys like me, especially retired guys that have an IP, opportunity to take a hold of their IP. When I played baseball, our IP was pretty much taken away from us. You know, we had to be under beck and call what Major League Baseball wanted you to do. So now we have an opportunity to take this, myself and other retired guys, and build off our own NFT, our NIL, our name, image, and likeness without grabbing the other people. With the NFT market, you can create it you can create a asset for yourself and go out and put it out there for yourself and don't have that middleman to take in their big old cut. Usually they, they'll take, you know, just say it's a 50-50 split. They will give you pretty much 25, 30% of that and they get in the 70%, but it's your IP. So I just feel like this is an opportunity for me to create something to give these guys back that 70, 75% of their IP instead of them getting the 30% of it. So I created this company to help this and help guys create their NFTs and put it on the market, put it in the blockchain or whatever to give them an understanding that, hey, you can monetize 
from your IP without that middleman taking the bigger cut of what should be yours. So expand on what can be NFT'd. Uh, is it, uh, you know, moments? Is it memorabilia? Is it tickets? Is it all those things? All those things. But again, you have to, you can create your own asset. You can just say moments, certain moments mm -hmm. right now, just say you have a, a Reggie Jackson home run or something. That moment, the video and the moment is still there. You have to create the own, your own create. We're helping guys create that moment so they can put it out there to 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 monetize from it so they can own it right really they, they, yeah, need they to can own they can them. own their own thing but right. the thing about it is you have to because of the licensing you have to watch out for the the logos and something with the you know the major league baseball or whatever team logos or whatever you can re recreate that and put it out there right without so, those logos but just say the word yankees or something right Yes, Major League Baseball own that word and they can do that, but they don't own the word. They don't own New York. Right. They don't own the word Cleveland. They don't own the, the, the word Oakland, San Francisco. They don't own that word. So you had recreate something to where you've taken the moment, recreating it in the digital space to which everyone knows about certain home runs guys hit or certain stolen bases moment, but you just got to recreate that in a digital form to where you can live out that, where you can have that moment being recreated and people still know what it is and you can monetize from that because that is, that is you, it's not someone else. So let's break that down a little further, right? Because okay. I'm, I'm still trying to fully grasp the idea. So I, you know, before we, we jumped on this, I looked okay. on YouTube and, I, and I, I pulled up a clip of you stealing the base on Greg Maddox, right? It was one of my favorite pictures of all time. Um, and you stole the base and then you stole third, right? You stole, you stole second, stole third. So that little moment of time, mm -hmm. as opposed to me going on YouTube and just seeing that and enjoying that moment, how would I enjoy that moment? And then you would benefit from it rather than so, going to YouTube. So what you do is you recreate that in a digital form. So it's not that act. So it's almost like you're taking that, that same moment it's almost like you have something and you recreate it and people want to see it. So they want right. to see you, you're being very artistic. It's almost like an artist, you know, it's about these NFTs of taking art, drawing it and make it say, like you know, you get a dunk of Michael Jordan, but all of a sudden a painter do something and put his little spiel to it right. and do the same thing. But now you like that and you want that because it's different. And then so I you could... want something that's very different and very unique. And then I could buy it, right? Yes, and you can buy crypto. it and now you have it. So now it's almost like people just say you had a, a Ted Williams baseball card. You have it, you own it. And now you put it out there and say you own it, you have it. Now the opportunity for somebody to say, hey, I have this because you don't know who's going to want that Ted Williams card. So now you got other collectors and people who want something that's very unique. You go and put that out there and you say, hey, this is very unique. I want it. So now you can say, I have it. Do you want it? What do you want to pay me for? Right, 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 right. So now, and then it can keep going, going, going. So now the good thing about right now, just say you have a card or a picture or whatever. If 
if you have a Picasso picture that you have and he created or whoever created it, they have it and they go out there and, and, and somebody buys it, right? Somebody buy it and you take that and whoever bought it, you know, have it out there. The guy, and you say, I want a Picasso picture. You go and you buy it from him. The original in this day and age and how they do the NFT, what's going on is that if someone else, because you are the original artist, every time that picture of the, just say Picasso, that picture is being resold, the actual artist will benefit from that. They will make money from that every time it exchanged hands. That's huge. Right now, if somebody go out and buy a baseball card of mine or a baseball bat or something that they have and they go out and sell it to someone else, right? I don't make a profit from that. So now, uh, just say an artist, a artist go out and do a cool painting. He sell it to you. You buy it and all of a sudden you want, I say, man, I want that picture. You sell it to me. So every time, and then I can sell it to Toy Hunter or something, you know, I can do that. So every time I sold or I, I exchanged hands with that, the original owner makes money. This is huge. So how does that work? Is it through a smart contract? And it's a smart it contract on the blockchain. Yeah, everything is being recorded on this blockchain. It's almost like you have your own type of internet. And you can tell if somebody liked your or shared it or whatever, it's the same thing on the internet, but it's recorded into the blockchain. Right. So it's and a digital, it's a digital um, recorded of that transaction. And who decides the amount of the kickback? Okay, it's, it's, it's built into the kickback. So basically, usually a 20% or 10%, 10% or whatever, every time that's being sold, the original owner will get 10% of that sale every time. <laughs> That's great. And in, in perpetuity, right? In perpetuity. And Ooh. that's what people, you know, understand is that, hold on. Um, so, so what I'm saying is that every time in perpetuity, you're like for life, just say, and within that smart contract, every time, and it's been recorded and it's already built in to the transaction. So once the transaction goes to the next person, boom, that 10% comes straight to your, your, your smart contract into your wallet. So the smart contract is all digitized because it's all set up that way. When you set it up, you set it up to where every time that exchanges hands, 20, 10% comes back to the original owner. And that's why you can have a guy who's a beginning artist, right? Goes out there and do a painting and people start to like it because it's very unique. So Every time it exchanges hands, that original guy with that cool art piece, and once we got some young, great artists out there that, you know, you want to have an opportunity. There's some young right. artists that, you know, want to try to be able to um, monetize from their artwork. 100%. Because people like it. You want 100%. something different. And that's what people try to go out and find something that's very different and unique. And what we're trying to do, we're trying to create some of these NFTs for these guys to be created. But also the cool thing about it is we have the utilities and experiences behind the NFTs. Right now I can do a baseball card of myself, but go ahead. 
Uh, sorry, I, I want to get into that. But uh, but before we do, I want you to help break down the minting process of an NFT. For, for my audience who who's, might be listening to this and being like, what's going on? NFT, what does this mean? How do you mint an NFT? Well, so you mint because, again, minting is putting it on the blockchain. It creating a smart contract. So minting it is basically you just putting it you, you, you're putting it into existence. You're putting it to where I have something here. Now I'm saying, I want to put this, take a picture, put it on and put it on the internet. So that process so of, yeah, that minting the process. process of putting it on the blockchain. Right. Okay. So now it's on the blockchain so people can view it and people can buy it. And you guys help mint? We do all of that. Yeah. Yes, we do all that. We help create it, we help mint it, and we help go out there and put it on a, um, on a on a on a marketplace to be able to sell right 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 so people can sell trade on the marketplace you go to the marketplace i want to clean often nft let me go to the marketplace and scroll and explore and see what's out there so yeah so some of the marketplaces that i i'm aware of are like open sea right yeah. that's where like the the crypto punks are and stuff right yeah, you have open sea and then you have um what the two biggest ones right now is open sea because they, they use the Ethereum platform. Mm -hmm. And then you have, um, um, you have uh, Magic Eden. They're doing the Solana platform. Mm -hmm. So each token, there's a Solana, there's Binance, there's, there's Polygon, there's, mm -hmm. there's Solana, there's Ethereum. So those different platforms, you will go and say, okay, there's an NFT of Kenny Lofton. What platform is it on? Is right, it on right. Ethereum or is it on Solana? You go and say, okay, if it's on the Solana platform, you go to Magic Eden, and you go in there and search and you scroll for Kenny Lofton or the proximies or the insiders, whatever you have. And next thing you know, you can see what they have available. Right. And for you, you got to get your smart wallet. I mean, you get your, yeah, you get your wallet, your crypto wallet, put some uh, money in there so you can create, because you, and you buy soul or you buy E or whatever you want to do to be able to buy those NFTs with that cryptocurrency. Okay. Wow. We're, we're creating this I mean, picture it's, here. It's a lot. Yeah. It is a lot. A no, lot. It, and I don't, I mean, it is. Like I said, people can go to um, um, proximy.io. We try to, we try to explain and give some education on that. So people can, can, can see and understand it just by looking it up, reading and just, I mean, people can go to the internet and look yeah. it up and read it themselves to get an idea as well. For sure. And that's kind of what we're trying to do here, too. And, and so let, let's keep moving um, through this this NFT world. So we talked about monetization. We talked about ownership of a digital asset or this moment. Right. Let's talk about engagement and utility. Right. So like so engagement. Mm -hmm. Right. W with Proximy, you're basically creating a community. Right. And you're looking for more and more engagement because that really helps build the community. Right. Can well, you talk about, you know, yeah, part of part of the, the building the community, you're right, is an engagement to where. So we're trying to where we are creating what we call proximity, the company proximity insiders. Right. Okay. So we have all these different athletes are part of the proximity insiders. OK, and we build a community where if you if you buy NFT or you create you go to the discord. And you get in there and now you're a part of the community. You can come in and, and, and chat and do certain things with the, with the community. 
and you can, you know, show engagement. And I think that's part of the utility base to where if you're part of what we're doing, you can engage with some of these athletes. They can come on, you can talk on the call, you can do certain things. And which in it with within which within each NFT, we have what they call a utility or an experience. Right. Part of that experience to be on a call, be on a Zoom call, be in the Discord, and be able to talk. And a, a community is about like you said, it's engagement. Mm-hmm. We want to engage with them and just find out what they're looking for, what they want. You know, again, we don't have all these athletes. You can say like a Daryl Strawberry can have an autograph, this, or grab if that you want. And you can say, hey, hey guys, you're in the community. Hey, Daryl Strawberry, do you have an autograph bat for me? Something, you know, a Tim Brown, do you have an autograph football or jersey or something? So you can, within that community, because you are part of our community, you can engage that way to find out what they have, what's out there, because you joined the Discord, you are part of what we're doing, and now you can, again, engage with us. And that's part right. of the utility of having these NFTs with that. You can, like like I say, you have a board ape or whatever, you can have a proxy insider. So now you can come into the meetings and find out what's going on and find out what's available, what's out there. You'll be the first dibs on on a new Toy Hunter uh, NFT that's coming out. You know what I mean? So a new Eddie Murray, something that's coming out. You can be a part of that because you are part of the community. So right. you will be the first dibs of what's coming out because, you know, you're going to end up having a um, uh, having a three-day stay at, a, at a, one of the resorts or a bare Airbnb that one of these guys have. You can say, hey, I got first dibs to get that. I'm going to Cabo in, you know, in November. And there's a, a three-day uh, a, a three-day weekend available. Right. I know that because I'm part of this. I'm part of this Discord. I'm part of this community. Something so, like that. Basically, so the next part of this is incentives, right? And and that's something I'm seeing, right? Like if if I buy into, let's say I buy a Kenny Lofton NFT, maybe there's some incentives. Um, attached to that nft so if i buy that nft now i have ownership of that nft maybe there's some things that get unlocked right like maybe uh, i have access to uh you know whatever it may be maybe maybe you have like a little mini course on how to steal a base that only the the, only the the owners of that particular nft get right yes exactly so we can have to where there's can be tickets to a, a indians game or some kind of game that myself or other guys have as well you know, you're a part of that. Gotcha. You have an opportunity. You have the opportunity. So like you have going to Discord and say, hey, these two tickets that's going to be at the Yankee Stadium on August 3rd or whatever. You say, oh, you know what? I have opportunity to even to, 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 to bid on that or be a part of that because or what they call um, you, you, uh, you do a you do a um, um, what you call it, almost like a spin wheel with your name on it. All the people in the Discord, you spin the wheel, and all of a sudden, who, who name lands on it, boom, you got those tickets. Yeah. But it's almost always it's like the lotto. You got to be in it to win it. Right. So it just reminds me of Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V. Uh, he's very, very bullish on NFTs. And he just did uh, VCon. Are you familiar with it, with yes. Gary V and VCon and all that? So he was able to sell tickets as nfts and you could only attend the vcon which is an actual event at a stadium Mm -hmm. somewhere if you had that nft so for me i see that the future there i see that is okay 
that incentivizes me to buy that NFT. I want to go to VCon. I want to hear, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk speak, you know, and be in that presence, you know, but I have to have that NFT to be able to have access to that. That's the same thing. Like we're giving out like all-star tickets. We have all-star events, certain events always, if you're a part of this club, when something comes up, you have an opportunity to be a part of it because right, you right. are part of that club. And that's wow. what we're trying to set up with these guys that I have. Because again, all guys going to have some, we have Gary Payton, you know, you can be part of the big three or whatever he's doing. So again, these opportunities will pop up. And the good thing about what goes on, if you are a card holder of what we're doing and these guys come up with something, because again, just like with the big three, you know, Gary Payton could, could, could say, Hey, Hey guys, I got a couple tickets for the big three championship. You don't know what he's going to say. Right. You know, or you can have Spud Webb say, hey, I got tickets to this game in Dallas or whatever. You don't know. Gary right. Sheffield. Gary Sheffield can say, hey, I got tickets to, um, I got front row seats to the Tampa Bay, you know, Buccaneers game. You know, all those guys have all these utilities and experiences that's going to be a part of this. And you just want to make sure you're in the room. So when it comes out, you have a chance to get it. Right, right, right. And if you, if you don't have that, like you said, if you don't have that ticket holder, you're not a ticket holder, you're not going to have that opportunity. Interesting. And that's what we're doing here. So. Um, the success of NBA Top Shot. Um, I, the, I, I, I think I saw LeBron's dunk going for like $100,000, right, on, on NBA Top Shot. Mm -hmm. can, you, can you speak to that? Like, like what's the future of that? Are there going to be more and more, you know, athletic moments that are going for these these massive amounts of of dollars just for that NFT? Again, it is, but you don't know. See, that's the good thing about the NFTs is things that are very unique. So you create something that's very unique. You have something that's very unique and you put it on the blockchain. So now you're the owner of that. So now you have the owner of something that's very unique. It's almost like, remember that, uh, I'm just using that Top shop, a perfect example. Remember that kid that said, Charlie, he bit my finger. That that thing. Okay. That yeah. became an NFT. And okay. now someone owns that. Got you. And that was almost out of shoot. I don't even know how much that was. Six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars or whatever. Man. For that. So now someone owns that. Because again, it's almost like you own something with the possibility of somebody else wanting it. So now you have it. Now someone else wants it. And now you can keep it. Or you can sell it. Right, right, right. And that's what people ask. But the good thing about it, it got to that point to where it probably started off. I mean, again, I'm not exactly sure because I didn't go and look into the, because again, the blockchain is all recorded. You can go in there and find out where it started and where it's at now. It could have started at 5,000. Somebody else can buy it for 10,000. Somebody else can buy it for 20,000. Next person can buy it for 50,000. And it can just keep going, 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 going. And think about it. The creator of that the ownership, the beginning owner of that gets 10% every time it goes from here to here to here to here. So now it gets from a, from 50,000 to maybe 70,000. And every time somebody else wants to buy that, 10% goes back to the creator. I love and that. And it keeps going on and on in perpetuity, like you said. Yeah. So again, that's what's going on is that somebody's taking that opportunity and who creates the value? Who, who knows who created the value? The value could start, just say with the LeBron thing, it could have started at $200. Who knows? It can go from 200 to 1,000, and then somebody else won it, and it goes to 2,000 because they sold it. 
You put, you get it, and then you put it back on the market. And now you set the price. The individual sets the price. So basically, been on the blockchain, it's the good thing about it is decentralized, right? Decentralized is like peer-to-peer -peer transactions. No one else is involved. You want to buy my spikes? Me and you are doing this, right? It's between you and I. Nobody else. You're taking your cryptocurrency and giving it to me. That's me and you. You want to take that and give it to your boy. So now it's you and him. But you get a kickback. Yeah, but I get kicked back every time that happens. That's powerful. But again, yes, that's the powerful thing is that every time he exchanges hands, the, the, the original owner gets 10% or sometimes more, but yeah, 10%. But the good thing about it is, that's I keep telling people, no taxes, I use the word taxes or whatever, it has nothing to do with tax because it's you and I. You, I have this right here. You say, hey, man, I want to buy it. Okay, and I say, you know what? You say, Kenny, Kenny, what would you give me that for? $10, $20? Sure. Okay, I'll take it and basically give you Venmo or whatever. You got, you got your money. And I get the, and, and, and I get the thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's basically what it is, but it's just done through cryptocurrency. Right. Just you and I. Right, right, right. Yeah, I want this hat here. I'll sell this hat to you. I sell it to you, and now you have it. It's just like we're on the street, right? I said, oh, man, I like those kicks. Hey, you know what? I'll give you $200 for those shoes you got off your feet. Boom, you give me $200, I get the shoe off my feet. That's, that's exactly what it is. But now it's digital. But it's the same concept of what wow. it is. It's you and I so making our own transaction. What's really interesting about this, Kenny, is we are talking about, you know, retired players like yourself, but what's the trickle down effect to current players and college players and youth players for this space? It's the same thing. So now a retired player, I mean, a current player, well, I say a, a high school player or a college player, if he has something that's very unique, he can put on the blockchain and sell. Like what? I don't know. Who knows? He has a moment of basketball. Because again, some people are always say, you never know what someone's going to like. Because right now, no clue. you know, what I'm, you know what that makes me think of? Like, so, so right now we're like in this, in this Instagram driven world right now, right? Everything's on IG, all the eyeballs are on IG. So sometimes, you know, like sports centers, IG, they, they post these moments, right? And they're like, oh, look at this shot, right? Like, could those crazy shots be NFT'd? Yeah, it could be NFT, but you got you to understand is that the rights of who own that, they're going to get their piece. Right, right, right. Who right. owns the who owns the licensing rights? That's right. the thing about NBA or LeBron or whatever they did, the NBA or whoever it is that owned the rights to that actually logo or that court or whatever they're doing, they will, yes, you can put it on as an NFT, but they have to get their cut as well. And that would be written in the smart contract. Yes, that would be written in there. But the thing about it, they would have to give you some type of ownership or you give them some money up front or something. Yeah. It's just certain ways you can go about it. But, but the person who owns it or owns the licensing rights will get whatever the fee that is to, to be able to get that. Just say you bought, you bought that company Top Shop or whatever, bought 
the licensing rights. So now they have the licensing rights because they paid that person or that company, whoever it was, to almost rent that out or whatever. Man, so this that's is what you're doing. This is fascinating, man, because this is really web 3.0, right? This is the and we're just kind of on the the front part of this, man, right? We're in like an alpha that, moment. We're in an alpha moment to all of this. People yeah. don't get it. It's it's almost like when people was tripping about social media, Facebook mm -hmm. and Instagram, and you know, you can start off with MySpace. People yeah. are like, oh, this ain't gonna go nowhere and look where's that now. We're doing TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> you grew from right. MySpace to TikTok. Right, right, right. And people thought this was crazy, just like my mom, you know, but before she's like, Wow, you got on that this thing called the internet and Facebook or whatever, and now she can't get her butt off of Facebook. Right, right, right. And we're at the forefront of this. And I like I keep bringing up Gary V because I listen to a lot of Gary V. I, I really like him and and what he's talking about. He's uh it seems like he has a very clear vision of what the future is gonna look like with all this NFT stuff. Um I want and and actually want to talk about the metaverse, which which I think that's going to be the main part of the future. Like we're all going to have little, you know, um, what do you call them? Uh, like little digital versions of ourselves, right? Avatars, little meta -humans. Avatars, yeah. Thank you, avatars, yeah. Little avatars of ourselves, yeah. like mo moving through the metaverse, right? And I think that's the main part of the 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 future. When I think of future um, applications to to NFTs and even crypto, but before we talk about that. Let's talk about fundraising, because I've heard you talk about, um, you know, fundraising for a cause and specifically homelessness in Los Angeles, which is something that I see almost every day. And I'm sure you do as well. And it's kind of it seems like it's a growing problem. How does fundraising fit into this NFT topic? Again, it's not so much how does it fit in? It's more well, it fit in because you got to figure out it's almost like somebody believing in something. Yeah. So you have to go out and, and try to find just like what Gary V is doing. He's doing certain things to help fundraise what he's doing, his project or whatever. Gary V already had a following. He already had an audience. Yeah. yeah. He just added in the NFT to his audience. Right. So it's easier for him compared to somebody, say, like myself, trying to get people to understand. It's almost like you're starting a business. It's like a start. It's a startup. And different people want to invest in startups and they give you money for seed rounds and all that but they have to understand the vision of what's going on here and again and i wish you know a lot of people would have learned years ago if i would have invested in something like a facebook with what mark zuckerberg did or whatever what he did and people 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 knew i mean he knew something was going on so him and his people whoever it was invested in what he was doing and look where they are now so you have to see what the future is. And they, his people knew something was going to be futurized, what, you know, what the Facebook and all that was going to be. And people took a chance on him. And look where they are now. They're big. For sure. A hundred percent. But for the fundraising. So let, let's say there's a, a foundation that tackles homelessness. If you were to sell an NFT of you stealing a base, could you write in a percentage oh. of that sale? that for that NFT goes to that foundation in a smart so, contract? So, so, so that basically is part about the, the, the charitable aspect of right, what we're doing here as well. Mm -hmm. So the charitable aspect of what we're doing is we'll take the NFTs and we'll build in the smart contract. So every time I, um, I sell an NFT, we will build into that contract we will almost, okay, so we will build into that contract that we'll donate 
whatever that percentage is to the to that problem. Like we're here in LA, we're trying to talk to LA Mission and we're speaking with them about, about helping that cause as well. Because again, I very I truly believe in we need to do our part to help what's going on with this war on um, homelessness. Right. There's a war on homelessness right now. So I'm trying to fill out myself and the other athlete what we're doing. And we feel like, well, we want to do our part to help out. Right. So we're going to have built into the contract that a certain portion will go to that every time we go out and sell an NFT. You're also helping the homelessness that's going on that we have right now. So that's I think that's, that's, that's the, the big thing that people, we want people to understand as well is that's what we're doing. We're trying to help. Again, we try to help in any way we can because it is a problem and we're not sure why the government or whoever, whatever they're doing, are not helping more. So we just want to feel like we know this, this situation with this NFTs, it can, it can grow you know, monetarily. And we know yeah. that. We just want to figure out how can we get a piece of that, what we're doing, and put it to a worthy cause that's really, really, really needed. Right. And this this problem, we all need to do our part. And we're just trying to show people that that's the part that we're doing. I love that. I really love that. Um, do you have any ideas about metaverse? Is it still it could to me, it's kind of esoteric. Like I can, I can kind of understand it. But like, do you have any ideas of applications for NFTs and even crypto and any of this stuff that we're talking about in this idea of the metaverse? Well, the metaverse is, is more about, it's kind of, it's, it's almost like taking an individual and put them into a, a, a world that's, that's, that's still there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's there, but we are creating something for people to try to see the best word to say it. Um, it's almost like the virtual reality. Yeah, You know, it's almost like you are part, you know, just like with NBA, what they're trying to put you right in front of the, yeah, on the court and all this mm -hmm. thing. So now you are part of this game that's, that you can be in it. You can create it. You can put your clothes on. It's like, it's like you're, you're, you're part of a video game. Yeah. You know, we all like the video games and we all play video games. Some people do, some people don't, but we all like that, um, that fantasy world. Yeah. And yeah. we can all can be a part of it. And we and some of these athletes said, I want to be Kenny Loft in the metaverse. So now people can also, myself and other people can monetize with someone else wanting us to be a part of this. Just like, you know, you have people playing this game called Roblox. You go in there and you pay and you pay to go up levels. You go to put in clothes so you can be something, something else. You got the people having the, the Kylie Jenner outfits or whatever, every time somebody go and buy some shorts or some skimpy shorts or shoes, these kids doing it into the metaverse, Kylie Jenner and that, that crew, they get, you know, they get a little bit of piece of that. So it's the same thing to where you want to, some people want to be me in the metaverse. They want to put my spikes on, put my <laughs> head on. They want to do the bat flip like me. So people have an opportunity to do that. And this metaverse is giving you an opportunity to be a part of that. And you can be inside something, this fantasy world that everyone is enjoying right now. You can go to a, a, a virtual concert 
you can go and sit in like right now they have this thing where you can sit in front of a thing and you can act like you're in there watching Travis Scott. Crazy. It's crazy that's what's crazy. going on, but that's what people want to see. If you can't be there and your your person can be in it, but you can act like feel like that that experience, you're right there in front of it. Man. And that's what they're enjoying. Man, I see to me that I think that's the future. I think more and more kids are going to be spending more and more time in the metaverse. You know, they're going to, you know, not just kids, but people were, yeah. you know, it's a little strange to me still trying to conceptualize that. But I, hey, so was the internet back. Like you said, that was a strange thing too. So it's, it's just, that's how it works. I mean, just like you and I right now, look at you and I right now. Yeah, I know, <laughs> for sure. So now just take that Zoom call and put it to where you in a, you're in a room with everybody no but you have your avatar you in there as your own created avatar right so now i'm in the conference room with everybody and i'm in this room and i can talk like i'm actually in this conference right but I'm, I'm in that conference as as an avatar we're creating avatars and all that for guys we're doing all of that so so they can be in there as their avatar man and these experiences that people want to be a part of you don't have a chance to be in a, in a room with the Daryl Starberry or Gary Sheffield, you know, so you have that, you have that opportunity to be a part of that because it's right there and people pay for that. Interesting, man. Fascinating. Uh, Kenny, before we go, just do a okay. quick plug for uh, proxy me and, and just talk about how people can best support you and, and um, how they can best benefit during this time well, again right now i'm just trying to we're going to try to get our lunch out there but it's on proxy me you see my hat proxy me.io that's p-r-o-x-i-m-e.io and go to the website and go to the discord and just follow us on the social media we have um on um like twitter you have uh proxy me underscore nft and then S, uh, um, instagram the same thing is uh proxy me underscore nft and just um, follow us and see what we're doing. We're going to come out with some great big things. We got all these athletes and we're going to be putting more out there on social media so people can see, but come and be a part of the discord and, and, and grab you some NFTs when they come out, they're going to be very limited, very rare, but again, you got to enjoy that and just be a part of it. And we just, um, I'm just trying to go out there and, I'm gonna try to go out there and um, um, just be a part of, just try to be a part of what we're doing because it's gonna be some great things happening, some great experiences, some great utilities. You're gonna be to enjoy all this stuff we're gonna have because again, guy gonna be creating and bring, bringing stuff to to the community that no one else is gonna have. So right. you're gonna be a part of something that's very unique and very different. So come out, proxy io and look us up on the social media you'll see it proxy me and um let's go let's get this done man so cool i'm really proud of you too man for starting that and uh i just want to thank you again for spending some time um on this podcast i really admire you and i'm inspired by you and i know a lot of people are as well so thanks again kenny i really appreciate you bro thank you for having me here i'm glad you know keep doing what you're doing trying to inspire these kids out there these people out there to do stuff because again like you said, it is inspired, you know, inspired living. You yeah. got to understand what's going to inspire you to live the way you're living. That's the right. way we got to do it. That's the whole idea, right? Stay inspired and, and find things that inspire you and inspire others, man. That's the whole thing. So gotcha. really appreciate you, Kenny. Don't go anywhere, okay? And for everyone right. listening, thanks for listening. And uh, catch you on the next episode. Peace and blessings. Peace.